Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back in to Ticket Weeknights. I am Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. This is the Don't Pun Hour. And again, if you guys want to join the show, as always, the starter Heyman text line is always open for you guys. 402-464-5685. Feel free to chime in that way. Or again, if you want to put a face to the voice, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo channel 951. Always a great way to watch on those streams as well. Plenty of things to talk about. College football, NFL, Nebraska basketball, um, as well as maybe even a little bit of recruiting news. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and bring in the host as always. Good morning, Pearsonell. Happy New Year. And how's it going, man? Good morning. Did we lose you by chance? No, I'm on here. All right. Yeah. Happy New Year, man. How's it going? <laughs> Happy New Year to you as well. It's all right. Yeah, I was uh, just going, trying to figure out where do you want to start with this? We had a awesome weekend of college football. I think when it comes to college football semifinals or college football playoffs, just want to call it CFB playoffs, that's probably the best two games you could have asked for. I know a lot of people were hurt about Florida State not getting in, but a blowout loss uh, when you only score three points to Georgia 63. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to feel better about the argument that Florida State didn't necessarily belong. But to you, through all of these college football games, even some of the lesser bowl games, what are some of the things you picked up and what bowl game to you was particularly interesting? Uh, the Florida State-Georgia game, actually. They had, 20, I think it was either 20 or over 20 players sit out for that game. So I think that's the reason why you have the score of what it is. I don't think that's a true reflection of what that game could have been when you have kids, you know, sitting out because of their features, which I'm not mad at or I, I completely understand. Georgia had decided, you know, their players uh, decided, you know, that they wanted to play it up. Good for them. Um, other than that game, um, I would say Texas shocked me. Um, I feel like they gave that game away, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they put one second back on the clock, I <laughs> dude, like, I got go that on my notes. Um, Nightmares. I'm surprised that it, like nothing, no mention or anything happened uh, from when it happened in '09. But I was just like, please, like, no, like, not this again. Like, <laughs> n- come on, any, any, any other game or other team than to put one second back <laughs> on the clock. They get exactly what they want and they go to a national championship. I'm like, that, that. That had me on, on the edge of my chair. Uh, other other than that, um, it was a pretty solid week of football. Yeah, I, I'm glad because, yes, the one second left for oh. Texas, I was like, you got to be kidding me. How many times does this happen for Texas where magically, I shouldn't say magically, this time I'm a lot more understanding about where the second came from. Uh, but, yeah, I won't quite get over 09. Just to see them in that exact same opportunity it was kind of similar, and luckily this time around, they're not able to get the job done. Flash forward to thank the... God. Thank God. I would have been sick. Uh, I would have felt pretty good about Michigan's chances against Texas because you talked about it. I was I was impressed by Washington. We had, we had some texters on the last show with Amon Green. 
the physicality did not seem to be a problem for Washington at all. It helps when you have a quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. throwing it on a dot who's good in the pocket, who doesn't need a ton of time in there. Uh, but defensively as well, they were not letting Texas get comfortable on just about pretty much all game long. Uh, it really was a little bit reminiscent of the Florida, or excuse me, the Alabama and Michigan game where things really started to seem to open up uh, in that second half. But give your hats off to Washington. I think Michael Penix Jr. put another case on all the Heisman Awards over and it's been handed off, but Michael Penix Jr. might have looked like the best quarterback uh, in the college football playoffs right now, just the way he was playing. And then you look at that Michigan game versus Alabama. Mm. I, I don't think Milrow, I, I think Milrow is getting too much heat for that game. I know it was a bad game. I know he took six sacks. I think that's more predicated on Michigan's ability to stop the run and put you in third and longs. And that's just a tough mm -hmm. ask for a quarterback when that pass rush gets there in a blink of an eye. He just didn't have a ton of time back there. And then, of course, I don't know what was going on with the center struggles. I think that last play of the game was not supposed to be an inside run where Milwaukee I've looked like he just kind of hit him, surprised him a little bit, higher than it was supposed to, threw the whole timing off. And to me, it looked like he just tucked it and ran it. Uh, but what were you seeing out of Bama's quarterback problems? Where do you think that really stemmed from? Was that just bad offensive line play? Milrow not mentally there? What to you were the biggest struggles? Uh, I think Michigan did a good job of neutralizing uh, his first and second reads. The things that he did well and uh, often like would be his safety net, um, they did a good job of taking those away. Um, they did a good job of getting to him. Uh, I'm not sure if it was just, you know, bad offensive line play, but I mean, you know, their offensive line, um, they were getting beat, at least on the edges. Mm -hmm. Huh? They were getting beat on the edges. I, I mean, yeah. I, like, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think their offensive line was as dominant as we've seen them, but that game that was played, like you've seen them do that against other teams and earlier and earlier in the season. So, um, I'm not putting it all on the quarterback. Um, I don't. I don't know what they were really trying trying to do. Um, I thought uh, Michigan would have a, a bit more struggle with uh, his ability to run, and I thought they would utilize that a little bit more, um, and they didn't. Um, so I mean, great job by Michigan. Uh, I mean, they took I, 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 late in the game. I thought Michigan w was going to lose it, but. Um, mm -hmm. They were just spotty off and on, off and on, and then late, you know, they got consistent, and, I mean, the momentum switched, and Bama just couldn't recover it. The return guy, ooh, that one, <laughs> um, yeah, I would hate to be him if it had went the other way. Yeah, it was one of those things with Alabama's whole offense the entire night. I wonder if they look at their offensive coordinator and Tommy Reese, you give him some of the blame coming from Notre Dame. Obviously, he was a player there as well. He, the game plan just felt like it never was fully clicking for Alabama. Uh, again, I, I'll just keep going to those third and longs. It just felt like every single time Alabama was looking at a third and long, you knew Michigan was about to take over with some momentum because they were getting a tackle for a loss, a sack, or a tackle at the line of scrimmage. It felt like bare minimum every single time, uh, or a few times, you know, just right before the sticks. But the the momentum for Alabama was non-existent, and I thought it was just unfortunate. Again, I keep talking about Milrow. I just really don't think 
you could put the entire game on him. The the center roles were unique. It, it reminded me of Cam Jurgens, but that was understandable because he was a learning on the job. You kind of anticipated some of those things. Um, for Alabama, that that just happened then in that game at the worst possible moment. You heard one of the Michigan defensive tackles talking about it. It was weird. He just stopped talking. He didn't say anything. Um, even they noticed like what's going on with the snapping woes here. Have you ever seen like a meltdown at a position like that that you can actually remember? Because I, I really think that was crucial because if your center can't snap the ball to you on time, that's going to throw off so many of your emotions. It's going to throw off your last chance to win the game there or at least send it to another overtime because the timing was off. I mean, how big of a deal do you think that was for the Alabama Crimson Tide? Uh, I mean, that, that was a huge blow. Um, you're not only fighting, you know, 11 guys across you, but, you know, y'all are supposed to be a unit and y'all can't even – you know what the snap count is. You Like, they literally say it, you know, 15, 20 seconds before you go out there and snap it, and yet it was still something off and everything like that. I've never seen, you know – a situation happened like that with a player. You know, I've seen bad games from, like, you know, receivers or a DB or somebody just, you know, have a one-off game or something like that. But, um, you know, that, that that was a little bit different. I've never seen it from an offensive lineman. Yeah, and um, Seth McLaughlin, I mean, he's been good, too. McLaughlin has yeah. – he had a great season up to – I think he started pretty much halfway or got a few starts, I want to say, last season as, as well. And this – it's pretty much been his role, and he's been good. He's been solid in that role, and uh, I think that had to play a huge part, and it's going to look bad on the OC. It's going to look bad on the quarterback. It's going to look bad on Saban, but we've seen that here at Nebraska. When you are fighting against your own snap count, and it's throwing off any sort of movements you're having, it, 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 it just kills you. You're playing with motions to get the linebackers off you. Well, the timing's off. The linebacker's already adjusted. That that cue play action, whatever you just drew up, is already ineffective because the timing's just been thrown off that bad. So I thought it played a pretty big factor in there. Uh, and again, if you guys got any comments, join the show. 402-464-5685 as we got Demorne Pearsonell, former Husker, on the Allo VIP line. Again, where they understand the importance of local service or when they understand the importance of local service with an exceptional heart. So again, shout out Allo uh, for all the great work they do for us here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. A few other games I want to dive into you with the Mornay personnel. Iowa, a real thriller for Iowa as they play number 25, Tennessee. They lose that one 35-0. It was ugly. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be that ugly. Initial thoughts, Iowa, uh, poor showing out of all the Big Ten teams so far. Wisconsin pushing LSU. I think got a lot of people excited. Northwestern, we talked about them taking down Utah. Rutgers finds a way. Maryland, all these Big Ten teams playing great. Iowa, the team who comes out of the Big Ten West, lays an absolute egg. Um, scored just as many points as Nebraska did bowling this year. Initial thoughts, Iowa losing to Tennessee with a goose egg at the end of the game. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, uh, I I knew that they would have offensive struggles. Um, I'm not surprised that that has happened. Um, it, it was just one of those games where it's like, all right, I'm, I, I've had enough of this and, and, and turn it off. Um, you know, they've made uh, coaching changes um, at the OC, and uh, they might, you know, I don't know who they have coming in here next year or whatever. But good, good luck uh to that but it was it was not pretty at all I was not impressed um and it just i mean i 
turned the game off as quickly as possible, honestly. Like, it, it, from, from probably, I say, somewhat in the second quarter, maybe I was just like, okay, this is not, I, was not, I, was, I wasn't feeling it at all. I mean, very bland, like, nothing was working at all. And it just, they had, they had no momentum. There was no moving forward or anything like that. And Tennessee just took, took advantage. Yep, Deacon Hill on that game, 7 for 18. Uh, nothing really surprising there. I, Deacon Hill, I don't think people had too many high hopes on him having an awesome game. I think they're just looking for a game manager. But the two interceptions on top, that's really going to hurt any sort of managing of the game. You know, I watched probably more than I should have. Maybe I was a little sick doing it, watching the Iowa <laughs> internal screaming that was going on. Hard game to watch. I think that's definitely going to hurt them in recruiting. As odd as it is to say, it feels like one of the few times bowling can go wrong for you because you got to imagine they got recruits that were looking at that game that are going to play for that offense in the future, and they're seeing a team that currently as it sits, unless you're having those conversations with the front office, I don't know which direction this offense is going to go. I don't know what they're going to want to be. But with the Big Ten expanding, the SEC expanding, who knows where Florida State ends up. They're knocking on all the major conferences' doors. Well, I should say the two doors in the Big Ten and SEC, begging to let one of them in. And if you get Florida State, um, you know I'm sure you'll see the likes of a Clemson possibly sneak in there as well to even it out. So I still think there's a chance for Florida State to get in one of these conferences. They're going to keep banging on doors until somebody lets them in. But as we're talking about the expansion of these conferences, that's why Iowa, uh-huh. I think you might be hurting for recruits if you cannot discover an offensive identity for yourselves. Because it feels like everyone right now in the Big Ten, through these bowl games, it, it, it's been a great year for the Big Ten. Because now you look for at sure. Northwestern, you sure. look at Wisconsin, you look at Maryland, you look at all these Big Ten teams who maybe didn't have any sort of spotlight and they go to these bowl games, they don't not only play well, but they're winning most of them. So now you have that yeah. confidence. You got Michigan, who's got a good shot of winning the college football playoffs. I think they're it's winning it, good. me personally. I'm, I'm with you there. I think they win it. And again, that's what I'm saying. As this Big Ten looks more competitive, if you're an Iowa team floundering, you can't afford it. So thank God you know, for Nebraska having the recruiting hits they did this offseason because not going bowling, I think, did really hurt. But if you can come back next season uh, with some more players, some more star talent, you're not going to be anywhere near Alabama, obviously, or Georgia, or even Texas, Washington, Oregon. You're going you're to be a few tiers below that. But even just a Penn State level, I mean, that's that's flirting around the 12-team playoff bracket. That's what you're going to need. Because I just, with this competition going to be getting more intense year after year, if Iowa continues to play Big Ten West-style football the way they have been, I don't know if that's a nine win guarantee, nine wins guaranteed team anymore. I, I think they have a lot of struggles in the upcoming future. But let's talk about this Michigan. You said you think they're going to mm-hmm. win. I have similar thoughts, but what to you is this giving Michigan the edge over Washington in this matchup? Uh, the the way that Texas was running the ball late um, and throughout the whole game, uh, that's Michigan's bread and butter, and. Uh, Texas lost that game themselves with the fumbles and the turnovers and everything like that, um, and the missed opportunities. Uh, if you if if you allow Texas to do that, and you know Michigan has Blake Corm with a two time All American, uh, I I'm nervous for what he's going to do um, to to that defense. Uh, I think 
the physicality um, will, will will be a, a bit too much um, for for Washington. Uh, the credit credit I mean credit Washington they did handle their own, but they were still giving up big runs left and right, mm-hmm. and uh, Texas just didn't capitalize when they were moving. Something happened, or they didn't connect on uh, on some throws and everything like that. And uh, I think. Michigan uh, will capitalize a lot better than than Texas will, and I, I think it's going to be a field day for Blake Horn. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to go one of two ways, right? We're going to look at it as the year that Michigan um, was by far the most dominant team. They beat a very good Alabama team who managed to beat Georgia after a 29-game winning streak, or I think we possibly look at it as Michael Penix Jr. is one of the better quarterbacks we've seen and had one of the best college football games we've seen. Cause I think that's the key for them. I, I don't feel good about Washington being able to stop quorum down. I, that guy has been a monster all season long. He talked about not being able to be in the playoffs last season. That chip on his shoulder was pretty evident. I thought he, he ran the ball very well. Um, and it's not he like they the, don't. He, yeah. he, caught, he caught the ball. Well, he was hard to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, he reads when, when the they, holes extremely well. Um, to keep things rolling and everything like that. He stepped up to the plate uh, along with other um, players. Um, I think Michigan's defense is going to be a bit much for Washington offense um, to handle. Uh, The Washington quarterback is going to probably have to play the best game of his life, I think, to have a chance. That's that's where I'm with you. Any sort of third and long, I keep stressing that because it was brutal to watch. For the Crimson Tide, it, it just no time back there. Um, even if you want to throw it underneath, they're giving it to you. But you know they were sitting right on top of the sticks, making sure you weren't going to be able to cross. So you're going to have to be able to buy yourself time, which he's been able to do. But then you got to throw it on a dot uh, against a team who's very exceptional at taking picks out of the air. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be that Michael Penix Jr. game, or we'd look back and say, I don't think it was really that hard to look at this Michigan team as the best team in college football with Blake Quorum, despite, you know, Jim Harbaugh being out, didn't affect the team that much. They've blown out. Yep. It it just hasn't really seemed to phase them. If anything, it added to that, you know, cohesiveness of that locker room. So I think it's going to be the Michael Penix Jr. Game or what I think more likely is going to happen is we look at Michigan as the champion this year before we break into the 12 team playoff bracket. With that being said though, say Michigan, they, they do it. They go on, they manage to beat Washington. They're the college football champions. Is Jim Harbaugh staying? I don't think so. Is there any spot in the NFL that you think you'd be particularly looking at it? We just heard Eberflus sounds like he's staying, which surprised me. So I don't, Chicago, that spot's not going to be open like I thought it was. Um, if, I, if I'm him, I, it would be either the Raiders or uh, the Chargers. Um, and I mean, he's a you know he's a defensive guy. And if I'm looking at it and everything like that, you have with the uh, with the Chargers, you have a, a awesome star cast on defense. You got you know two three pieces uh, on that team that are that are that 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 are gonna that are gonna be. Um, you know, strong pieces were moving forward. You know, the Chargers have had a Super Bowl contending team, and they just haven't been able to get over the hump. Um, and if you kind of 
you bring a Jim Harbaugh in there to what, what he brings to the table with, you know, uh, being and played already in a Super Bowl and, you know, coming off of a rebuilding, you know, a Michigan, uh, the Michigan, you know, Wolverines and everything like that. I think if you give him, you know, two, three years at the most, I mean, that, that they might be, you know, top dog in the AFC. Yeah. I, I'd be, it's to me, I think he'd land up at possibly, I, I think the Raiders are going to keep Pierce. That That's kind of the way I feel like it'd be hard to, get rid of him after the locker room has really grown and adapted around him. Feels like we've seen that happen before, uh, particularly uh-huh. on an Eagles team where it all really went to hell as soon as it happened. So I think it's, it'd be maybe the Chargers. I'm, again, I, I'm very surprised with the Bears keeping Eberflus. It makes me curious about what they're looking at going forward. Maybe that's a sign they're keeping fields. But nonetheless, I don't think Bill Belichick's going anywhere. I, I You're hearing that pop up more and more. I think it would be a mistake to unless you do have that clear uh, successor, I should say would be the key word there that can actually fill that role that you feel confident with. That isn't going to be an mm-hmm. experiment. I don't think a Patriots team right now can afford an experiment unless you're totally okay. Uh, with just flushing everything. Bill Belichick put into that culture and just clearing it out in one sweep. If that's the route you want to go, you can. I just see feels like that goes wrong a lot more times than it goes right. The grass is always greener. Uh, that's happened a lot, especially with the teams that I consistently watch. So be careful with that one. You're going to wa- wipe away a lot of culture. It, that comes up more and more. Bill Belichick says, you'll see it on my face. That's a tough read. He's, he's got a pretty good poker face trying to read what Bill Belichick's ever thinking. But with that being said, I think it's going to be the Chargers. I think if you went anywhere... It probably have to be the Chargers. That's a quarterback that, uh, who he's that, been quoted saying he loves be, Herbert. The Washington Commanders job will be open. I mean, that's not terrible, but um, out of the all, I feel like you know another two coaches might get fired. The Atlanta coach mm-hmm. uh, potentially. Uh, I think all around, uh, like all around of like what you have in the building, you have your franchise quarterback. You know, you have you know your wide receiver one, two, and arguably you know your wide receiver three. You got a decent tight end um they've been competing and like i said they just haven't gotten over the the hump and like i said the all-star defense yeah for a person like jim harbaugh if he wants you know to make a splash leaving the midwest going back to you know sunny california why not yeah he's definitely got pieces there right you're, you're still keeping herbert you still got allen uh keenan allen at that you still got cleo mack an absolute beast on the defensive side of the ball also, at linebacker and of course austin eckler great running back there's a lot of pieces there so to me that's a job where if you want to come in and not have the panthers experience where everyone's like oh my gosh this new head coach sucks and you're looking around the room thinking this is the team you gave me. I don't care who you bring in here. This is a it's going to be a long haul season. I think this would be a room where you don't have to go through that period of couch coaching where everyone's just upset at you for not necessarily understanding the circumstances of the roster. If he came into the Chargers, that's a team that I do think it's been the coaching. It's been going at going for it at inopportune times, um, consistently trying to figure out what Herbert's going to be, uh, whether you want to be this heavy passing team, you start finding ways that it becomes a 50-50 game with Eckler in the mix, really good in the red zone, and then it all just kind of fizzles out with no true identity. It doesn't feel like they have any real plays they can go to on a consistent basis to get yards. Uh, maybe that's just a development of Justin Herbert, too. And I know Jim Harbaugh's been talking. He's had a few quotes that he really does 
like Justin Herbert, one of his favorite QBs to kind of watch in the NFL. With that being said, though, we do got to go ahead and throw it to our first break here on the Don't Punt Hour. We got DeMornay Pearsonell on the Allo VIP line. Harrison back at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere.